Welcome in on a Wednesday. Thanks for taking a listen to us. We certainly appreciate you. Big time. This portion of the program, the Bill Michael Show, brought to you by our friends at Steny. Second to National Walker's Point, and uh, they were selling The shuttles ran late last night because a lot of people stayed at American Family uh, Field and uh, celebrated when the uh, Cubs lost that the Brewers won the NL Central. So uh, I know the shuttles were running late last night. Billy and the gang were driving those shuttles and said, yeah, it took a while to get people home because uh, people were staying and, you know, cheering and celebrating and watching the the Cubs falter on the big screen and such after the Brewers had fallen to the St. Louis Cardinals. But, uh, but yeah, it's uh, if you want to – if you want to go celebrate again today, you can because they're going to be running your shuttles to the ball game again, and you can head down to Steny Second and National Walkers Point, get some good food, some good beverages, let them do the driving, take you over, drop you off, bring you back, and uh, they're going to be doing it for Thursday night's contest for the Packers as well. I know that they had uh, a couple of spaces on the bus because uh, they had tickets and a package to go up and such, so that was going on. But, uh, but yeah, Steny's always has something going on. The, the best sports bar, the, the best sports bar out there by far that is our friends over at Stenny's. welcome in on a wednesday good to have you um the uh let's see here um joshua says bill i don't think i've heard you talk about this but with Devontae adams coming out with his latest comments do you think there's any chance there could be a reunion with the packers oh That's a great question. I doubt it. <clears throat> I doubt it, but they don't. For, first of all, they don't have the the salary cap space. I don't think. I I doubt it, but um, man, I would I would venture a guess that 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 would probably I I would venture a guess that. No, I'm going to say if I had to say that there were was going to be a percentage of chance of him come back to the Packers, probably a 5% chance. Never say never, but I would probably doubt it. Probably doubt it. He left here, I don't want to say unhappy, but it just, it, it's, is it just me or does anybody else notice Devontae Adams just seems like an angry man? Like he's just angry. I, I he's he's just always he's always got this. Now he's always had like a level of intensity and a chip on his shoulder, which is great. But it seems like everything he's just angry. No player wants to play on a bad team. I understand that. But this is a guy that wants out. He wants the money. He wants out. You had your chance. You could have stayed. You didn't. You wanted to play with Derek Carr. That didn't work out. You went to a crappy organization. You took the money. Uh, I, I, you, 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 you made your bed, man. Sleep in it. It is what it is. Nothing guarantees you anything when you go to another team. You're getting paid. Go do your job. You can't every time. What really bothers me is, is that every time something happens, players want out. Well, I don't want. Where did this come from? Everybody wants to win a championship. I understand that, but I think in today's day and age, the the maybe it's because we cover it more. Maybe it's because there's more Twitter, there's more Facebook, there's more cameras, there's more phones. But 
at what point, when did players become so boisterous in their discontent for where their surroundings are? You know, and I thought it was funny. I was watching part of McAfee yesterday, and Rodgers was on it. Oh, we, we can't have finger pointing at the coaches or at each other. We got to stay together. Now, two things. One, I realize he has to be home for a period of time because of the surgery. So people are getting on him saying, oh, it'd be a lot easier to say it if you weren't sitting in Malibu at your house. Well, the guy had surgery, major surgery. It is what it is. Um, but when you talk about that, you talk about the kettle, right? The pot and the kettle. I mean, this was a guy that didn't take responsibility and pointed the finger at everybody else. Nobody ever challenged him because he was the Hall of Famer. But now he's saying, well, we got to stay together. A true... But it's easy to say when you're not there. And everything was hinging on you. Now, Devontae Adams, on the other hand, he wanted out. He got tired of waiting. He didn't want to wait for his money. It didn't matter what the Packers offered him. Screw you. I'm out the door. I'm going to play with another Hall of Famer. I don't need Aaron Rodgers. I don't need this. I don't need that. Well, it turns out, yeah, you do. I mean, it's the ultimate of hypocrite at this point. He got the money. He got paid. He got exactly what he wanted. Now he's not happy. You know why? Because they're not winning. And I don't need anybody. I don't need anybody to prove how great I am. No, if the ball's thrown in your direction and a decent pass, you can go get it, absolutely. But you, you're finding out, yeah, you do need a pretty good quarterback. It's you, you cannot make a team go by yourself as a wide receiver. You have to have a guy throw you the football. Your own ego puts you in this situation. Lay down and enjoy it. Put your head on your mountain of money and go enjoy yourself. But this complaining, whining, and bitching for all these players that don't want to play in a system because they want out, they want to go to a winner, they want to go to a different culture, shut up. This is, this is the NBA mentality. Uh, well, if we're not winning, uh, it's not about the money. Yeah, it is. It's about the money. Otherwise, you wouldn't have taken all the money. The whole Giannis thing, which makes me sick. Every time I read it and think about it, it's like, come on. So, I don't. when it comes to Devontae Adams... His ego drove him out of town and put him in that situation. He overestimated everything, including his own talent. And now he's sitting there going, I can't believe I'm stuck here. Well, too bad. I'd feel bad for Devontae Adams if he would have gone to a team like the Patriots or a team like the Steelers and it didn't work. He voluntarily went to one of the worst-run organizations in American yes. professional sports. He picked it. Hand-picked. He said, the only place I want to go is the Raiders to play with Derek Carr and completely underestimated the stupidity of a, a stupidity of a bad franchise. I mean, there's some franchises out there. When you start to think about this, there's some franchises out there that when you talk about the ineptitude, the Browns, they've put a few guys together. They've gone through general managers, but it's just like Cleveland is Cleveland. It just doesn't work there. Chicago, that, that's an embarrassment of a family that's now running that team, or it has been running that team, and just don't have the ability to run that team anymore. And the, the choices they make are, are awful. It's an awful run organization. And the Raiders. The Raiders are occasionally something you would talk about, but for the most part, they're an embarrassment. They're, they're, that's just a crappy organization. Just so bad. There's, there's three or four. We could probably think of a couple more, you know, out there right now that are being run ex extremely poorly. You know, the Cowboys have always been relevant, but they haven't won anything since Barry Switzer took over Jimmy Johnson's team. They're America's team, so to speak, because of the popularity. But what have they won? 
They've they've won one playoff game since then. I think it's one playoff game. Tony Romo won one, maybe, maybe, maybe Zach, maybe he never did. Maybe he never won one. Dak Prescott's won one. That, you know, that that's another poorly run organization. For as much money as they have and the ability they have and all the the people that want to be there, that that's also been run poorly. You know, uh, you can start to just go through the list of just bad organizations. Then you look at the ones that are good. Now, I think that Bill Belichick, after Tom Brady left, his own ego has gotten his way. And, you know, even though they did get a win over the Jets, the lowly Jets, but we're seeing – and the Jets are a poorly run organization. They went all in. They did a lot of good things, but they're on the downswing because they, they without Rodgers, I don't even think they were going to be that good now that you look at that team and you see that how bad that, that offensive front is. I, he wasn't going to have time to throw the football any more than Zach Wilson has had time. Maybe he gets rid of the ball quicker because he reads defenses quicker. Maybe things are a little different, but I don't think they're that much different. Um, other than that, tell me tell me these teams that are staunch. I mean, Bill Belichick had a run with Brady. Certainly the Packers have had a run with Favre and Rodgers. And they haven't won a Super Bowl, but they've at least been back to the postseason and gotten postseason wins and been relevant in that case. The Lions have been bad for a long time. At least they appear to be good. The Vikings have been up and down, but at least they've gotten some wins in the postseason. Not much, but at least they have. Favre took them to an NFC Championship game. So I, you just kind of think, and you're like, how many really good run organizations out there are there? You know, it took the Dolphins a long time to finally put it back together after Dan Marino went down. And since he's been gone, they've been a train wreck. They haven't been that relevant up until recent. So, anyway, I'm just trying to think. I mean, you, you, you know, when in, in terms of Devontae Adams, he picked a bad, a bad organization and took a chance. And he lost. You can't sit and whine about it because this nobody chose this but you. So uh, I, I guess it's a, a good question to ask, but it's kind of like, oh, the other side of it is I really don't care. If he came back, that'd be great, but I think he would be problematic in, a, in an otherwise decent locker room. You know, I was watching he, uh, James yeah, Jones ahead. on Cowherd last week, and James Jones mm-hmm. was telling the story of when he left Green Bay the first time, and he was talking about the late Ted Thompson and how he talked with Ted, said, Ted, I want to come back. And Ted told him, we love you, James, but if we bring you back, you're going to get in the way in the development of some of these young guys, right? And it was cool to hear a player tell that story about a, a, an executive saying, look, we love you, but you don't fit the timeline, and, and this is why we can't bring you back. If Devontae Adams all of a sudden wants to come back to Green Bay, I'd I don't know that he really fits the Packers timeline anymore. You know what right, I mean? They want to right. develop young guys. They, they absolutely. I now you, it wouldn't hurt to have a veteran more than a year <laughs> in your locker room. That, that would not hurt, especially a guy that came up and was pretty good, but then really developed over time, worked at his skill because he, he was the epitome of work ethic. Devonte Adams was, oh man, he was, but I just don't know with his, He's just always angry, man. He's just always mad. Always got. When's the last time you heard anything positive out of Devontae Adams? I can't remember it. He's all business. He's he, Romeo Dobbs reminds me a lot of Devontae Adams in pressers. He's just straightforward, very little emotion, very serious, even after a win. Yeah. Big time. Uh, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. 877-867-1670. Um, 
He's uh, Will says uh, DA is over, uh, but it's way past the time of bringing him back. Well, he's only been gone two years. It's not way past. He's only been gone two years. I um, I think it's past, but he's still a good receiver. If you saw that catch at the shoestrings over the middle the other day, and then the catch and run, he's still a good receiver. You can't deny it, and he's still got speed. And the thing about Devontae Adams is he's technically one of the best route runners I've ever seen. With hand fighting downfield and getting open with his initial steps, he's technically one of the best. One of the best. And that's not something you can teach, but you can let guys look at it and say, I want to mimic that. It it would not be a bad thing to bring a veteran into that wide receiving room just to let them see how a guy like him has done it. So... Uh, 877-867-1670. Hang in there. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping? I'd have to say Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin plays at an MVP level in the replacement game. They came in ahead of time, measured all the windows, make sure they had all of the measurements. When the Pella people left, you had no idea they had been here. You just had the new window. They're great professionals, Gina, and some of the best in the world at what they do. Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. Pella's team of expert installers start with an in-home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess, leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. $6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers end at 9-30-2023. I am told the need for speed goes into October. Great Lakes Dragway, Union Grove, Wisconsin. Uh, they uh, the, the drag strip, they redid it last year. It's uh, blowing out faster times than ever. And they've upgraded a lot of the area down there via the facilities and such. And they continue to make improvements. It's the oldest operating track in the world. And all you got to do is give them a shout. 262-302-2138. 262-302-2138. That gr- that's Great Lakes Dragway. GreatLakesDragaway.com. And, uh, again, the 2024 season passes are on sale. But if you want to run your own car, go see other cars race. The Funny Car Nationals were just uh, down there not that long ago, not to mention motorcycle draggers as well. So uh, check out GreatLakesDragaway.com. That's GreatLakesDragaway.com. And uh, give them a shout for the 2024 season passes that are on sale right now. Uh, the other aspect of the Devonta Adams things we were talking about just before, uh, he makes a ton of money. The salary cap most likely would not work for him to be able to tr- be traded and come back here unless you traded Bakhtiari for, for Devonta Adams. It probably wouldn't work, just so you know. 
Um, the uh, Carl says, by the end of the year, the Cowboys won't have won a Super Bowl for 28 years, same amount of time that the Packers went from Super Bowl two to Holmgren's Super Bowl, Jerry World. Yeah, it's... Uh... <laughs> For all the publicity the Cowboys get. And part of it is because they have a very flamboyant owner who is outspoken, who is. who makes some bombastic or crazy comments at times. Um, and he has stayed in the forefront, even as he's gotten up there in age. And he's made some whack wackadoodle decisions and that's the reason because for a long time i mean everybody loved the cowboys why they weren't great i mean they were a good team go back to the staubach era era and then they were kind of irrelevant for a while and but what happened was the birth of the recognition of the dallas cowboy cheerleaders for a long time that was that's what kind of kept their popularity. I mean, everybody wanted to have the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Remember, the cheerleaders were being asked to come and perform at games from other teams for a while, going back to the the uh, 70s, the 80s, even into the early 90s. The popularity was the, the cheerleaders. So that was where some of that came from. But the whole America's team, maybe it was just because they were the Cowboys with stars on their helmets and they were, you know, the Wild West version, and people have appreciated that in some way, shape, or form. Beyond that, they weren't. It wasn't like they were winning continuously, you know, because they weren't. And then they got, they got okay. They were decent, uh, but Jerry World, uh, the marketability of that team. When Jerry Jones took it over, he was outspoken. He was from Oklahoma versus Texas, and. You know, I mean, he was uh, he was a boomer, sooner boomer and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, so but he had made his bones down in that area. And so you got a good old boy Texan down there. And it just it it was this marketing genius of Jerry World and the building of the new stadium and everything around it and the marketability of that team and the power within the NFL. Yeah. But I'll tell you this. They don't want anything. You can put them up with anybody. The Patriots have been better. The Packers have been better. You go with the 49ers have been better. You know, look at all these different teams that have won Super Bowls along the way. You know, and Jerry would give his eyes tooth for that. They won the back-to-backs with, uh, you know, Jerry, or with uh, you know Jimmy Johnson and then ultimately Barry Switzer. But after that, when Jerry kind of put his ego out there like he was going to be the guy that was going to run the show, it's been a failure ever since, ultimately. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Uh, if you want to give us a shout, go ahead and do so. Uh, yeah, we've got, uh, you know, Will says the 49ers are scary. We've got coming up uh, the power rankings again this week, and there's some jumps. The one thing I will say, and I, I, I was bringing this up a little, little bit earlier, so I was started to read um, CBS um, is pretty good and pretty reasonable when it comes to their power rankings. They don't get caught up in a lot of, a lot of emotion, so to speak. And I've always appreciated that. 
And CBS said, let me go out of it uh, this way. I'm no, I was not covering the NFL when the team last scored 70 points in a game with the Miami Dolphins. But, yes, I was alive when it happened in 1966. But I was also six. I was, by the way, I was, I was uh, a thought. I was a glint in the eye. Uh, but now I can say I saw an NFL team demoralize an opponent by putting up a 70-burger on the scoreboard. So it goes on and on and talks about the defense and the Dolphins and back-to-back touchdowns and what they're doing right now and Coach Mike McDaniel being the genius. Okay, that's where the article goes. And then it says, here are the uh, power rankings for this week. I can guarantee you they won't get to 70 in that game, but 40, 50 maybe. Who knows? Number one, though, uh, they've got the 49ers. And uh, the you can pretty much flip-flop a lot of these teams at the top. So I started to scroll, and I'm like, oh, wait, whoa, what? Coming up six spots from 13 to rank number seven this week. And the power rankings via CBS are the Green Bay Packers sitting at 2-1. and one. Out of all the 2-1 and one teams, the Bills, the Cowboys, the Packers, the Ravens, the Seahawks, the Lions, the Steelers, the Browns, uh, Saints, Colts, Commanders, Buccaneers, and Falcons. All at two and one. The only team they have ranked, the teams they have ranked higher than the Packers are the Cowboys and the Bills. That's it. Out of all those teams I just gave you, it says it was an impressive comfort behind victory for Jordan Love and the Packers. Those are big boy moments for a young quarterback, especially since he didn't play well for a much of the game. I mean, that's the only thing written about the Packers. But they're basing it upon the fact that they didn't quit. And it's a big boy moment for Jordan Love. It's a grow-up moment for Jordan Love. Now, what you do with it after the fact is up to you because you could just as easily falter terribly over the next couple of weeks. But I, that's what I said. I don't know what he's going to do down the stretch. I don't know what he's going to end up being. I don't know. I, that, that doesn't make his arm better. That doesn't make his accuracy better. None of that. What that did was show you that he had stones. That's what that win was. That's why that win was important. Because it showed you that this guy's got some of that moxie. And moxie's not something that you can coach. It's not something you can teach. It's not something you can buy. You either have it or you don't. And he showed some of it. Whether it's maturity, whether it's sitting behind Rodgers for three years, whatever. He showed some of that. That's why that win was cool. Not important. Not, not huge. Not great. That win was cool. That was a cool win. It's the best adjective I can throw behind it because that was a moxie win. Nothing more. They all stayed together and showed some grit. And maybe, maybe if things continue to get better, that type of win helps them down the stretch experience-wise when you need some of those come from behinds. But also remember, last year, 11-0. and 11 and 0 in one score games. That's what the Minnesota Vikings were. 11 and 0 and most of those games were come from behind. 11 and 0. This year, 0 and 3. In a very similar circumstance, they're 0 and 3. So it only gets you so far. But I thought for sure that the Vikings would be better when it came to close games this year and they're they're just not. They don't have the they don't have the horses to do it. They had just enough last year, but not, this year the blooms come off. But maybe down the road, who knows? Maybe that's one of those good wins that gives you a little bit of, little bit of belief in yourself. So there you go, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Go ahead and hit us up. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Coming up at the bottom of the hour here uh, next, Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press Gazette and, uh, and Packers News and 
Journal Sentinel and such, going to be uh, joining us. We'll talk with him about his thoughts, not only on the game that was, but also coming up next, which is the uh, the next opponent. That is going to be the uh, Detroit Lions. Stay this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Good to have you. The Michael Show continues on. Packers getting ready to take on the uh, the Lions for the top spot in the NFC North coming up tomorrow night. Lambeau Field after that thrilling come-from-behind win that they had on Sunday. Joining us now on the uh, hotline, Ryan Wood. You can find him on Twitter at ByRyanWood of uh, PackersNews.com. Uh, joining us. So, Ryan, how you doing? Doing great, Bill. How's it going? Doing great. Um, let me ask you first and foremost, because one of the things that I cannot unsee was the first three quarters and three minutes of that contest on Sunday. I know they got a win, but this team still has quite a few flaws. Give me your thoughts on Sunday with what you witnessed overall. Well, let's go back a week before to Atlanta, to the postgame locker room. And let's remember that this is the youngest team in the NFL. There's rookies everywhere you look, which means everything they encounter – this season, it's going to be the first. And they had a crushing loss. And what's the, one of the most important things for a young player to learn in this league? No matter what happens the week before, good or bad, especially when it's mm-hmm. bad, you got to leave that behind. And then they, they go out and they have 11 penalties in the first three quarters of the next week. So was there a hangover there? It's pretty hard to say there wasn't. I think the impressive thing is usually you go out and you have a hangover and you, you lay a dud and there's 11 penalties in three quarters. That's the week. That's it. For this young group, and especially this young quarterback, to be able to on a dime, and the first play of the fourth quarter, incomplete, a gimme on fourth down. They, they, they got their, their wires crossed, couldn't even get that. And then everything changed just like that. That's really impressive for a young group, to be able to make the adjustments during a game and to still have that belief and fight and claw your way back. Uh, that, that's, that's the impressive part. So they, they get the win. It, to me, it was a moxie win, and that's what I call it. I, I, I'm not going overboard on it, but it was a moxie win. It was a win in which they didn't quit. It was a win in which they found a way to get it done. The defense played pretty well, uh, not great, but pretty well, better than they had the week before, even though they were seeing very similar looks. They kind of corrected, corrected some of their mistakes. That might have been, uh, like you t- say for the youngest team, that might have been a grow-up game, right? Yeah, I thought offensive coordinator Adam Sinovich said something very interesting. Which this group, because they're so young, they don't have a lot of scars yet. They, they, they don't. It's almost like they, they, they didn't know that they had no business winning that game. They weren't supposed to win that game. You're 17-0 down in the fourth quarter. You're not supposed to win. They were ignorant to it. They were oblivious to the fact like this week's over, and they just kept playing. And that's the benefit of being so young and not knowing what you don't know yet, that you know, maybe a veteran team – they they've got scars. They understand. Okay, this is this is nothing's going right. This is not our week. And they just they didn't play like that. So 
Uh, I do think that there's there's certain belief that comes when when whenever you pull out a, a comeback like that. It's as remarkable of a comeback as this franchise has had. It's only the second time that they've come back from 17 points down in the fourth quarter. Obviously, the only other time was the 2018 opener, Aaron Rodgers against the Bears. So uh, when you're able to build on something like that, it's it's a positive. Now, short week, and the challenge is the opposite of last week. How do you, last week, how do you get over a crushing loss and not have a hangover? Now, how do you get over euphoria and, and a, a remarkable comeback and not have a hangover going into the Lions? Um, yeah, that, boy, that's more on coaching than it is anything, right? I mean, that's you. You got to have a coaching staff that brings you back down to the ground, correct? And maybe a few veterans around you that say, "Hey, uh, you know, that's great. You celebrated it Sunday night, but after that, it's back to work." It is for sure, and there's a reason why Matt Lafleur said basically, "You've got an hour to celebrate, and then it's on to Detroit." And this is a huge game. It's. I get that they're all big when there's only 17, but this is in many ways the barometer for this team that's building for the future how realistic that their chances are of really being a contender in 2023. I think we're about to find out a whole lot because these are not the Detroit Lions that anyone grew up with. This is a, a respectable, solid team coming into Lambeau Field, a team that won both games last year, obviously the finale. Uh, so th- this is a litmus test for this group. With that said, the coaches can only do so much. I mean, you can lead a horse to water. You can't make him drink it. At, at one point, at some point, the players got to execute They've got to make plays, and they've got to leave whatever happened in the prior week in the past and focus on this game. So it's a collective effort. But, yeah, this is another opportunity four weeks in where you're going to find out a lot more about a young team. The uh, the defense uh, played better, as we all know, and uh, they also suffered some injuries with Devondre Campbell and then obviously uh, other guys had to play up. Valentine got a start. And did not look great. I mean, I'm injured the bicep and such, but still just uh, at times was running away from contact rather than running towards it. Gets dump trucked by Jimmy Graham. There was a, there was some blemishes, but the defense, I thought, all in all hung in there. And I know while people did not like the way they gave up yardage on that final drive and it ultimately took a missed field goal to get, you know kind of seal the deal for the Packers, Give me your thoughts on the defense from the week in which they saw the Atlanta Falcons to this past week in which they saw the 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 Saints and a better quarterback with not as good of a run game but a better passing game. Yeah, I mean, bottom line, you hold an offense, any offense in this league, to ten points, you should win that game. Matt Lafleur said that himself after the game, and he's right. Obviously, the seven points coming on the the punt return for a touchdown. The defense was much better. It wasn't perfect. I thought a major difference between last week and in Atlanta was, yeah, they they let the Saints in position to kick, attempt a, a chip shot in, in this league, a chip shot, 46-yard potential game-winning field goal. They were well within range. But the Packers still had over a minute left if that field goal had gone through. The week before, the, the, the Atlanta Falcons were so sure of themselves against this Packers defense that they went for it in chip shot field goal range on their final drive on fourth and one. Instead of taking the gimme three points, they went on fourth and one, and they got they picked it up to burn off more time. The Packers' defense actually made a, a stand, and they got some help. They got lucky, but they weren't disrespected the way that they were in Atlanta. When you are, are, are when you're a defense on the field trying to prevent the game-winning drive, and, and the offense is within range, and they go for it on fourth down, that is as disrespectful as it gets. 
and they, they let the Falcons get away with it. They made the stand when they needed to, and they, they got some help, but it, it was certainly better than the week before. Give me your thoughts on Jordan Love. And uh, on one hand, Moxie. On the other hand, the completion percentage overall for the season is 53%, barely 50% on Sunday. Uh, I know that the short, quick dump-out passes, a lot of that could be without Aaron Jones. But for the most part, there have been some passes that have just flat-out been off. I think bottom line through three games is that Jordan Love is producing a winnable product. They're 2-1. and one. They're one point away from being 3-0, and oh, and I, I get that it works both ways. They had an incredible comeback. They, they probably should have lost last week. So 2-1 and one sounds right, but if you're 500 in this league or above, that's solid. And even still, there's still so, there's still so much area for him to grow. Uh, he, he's missing throws. The deep ball isn't there yet. Uh, he's got the arm strength. There's the arm talent. We all see it. The arm talent is there. So I, I think in time the deep ball is going to – round into shape it's just it's just not there yet so for him to be producing a winnable product right now and still seeing areas that he can improve and, and probably will improve that's promising the Packers have to be excited about that because in theory it should only get better from here he's got the poise he's got the command he clearly has a great grasp of Matt LaFleur's playbook uh, he he doesn't get rattled it, he, you know to come back and like you said the word moxie to come back from 17 nothing that's great great sign for a young quarterback to do I think it, it's it's building off of where he's at right now and and there's areas where he can do that do you think uh when I, they you know get Aaron Jones back that because uh, to me I would expect a little bit better short passing game because that's what Jones is good at is getting the ball out of the backfield on check downs and making turning them into something do you think then that completion percentage because strictly just that begins to go up I think the sample size is so small right now, and I'm not, I'm not removing Jordan Love from the equation. Certainly, his accuracy on deep throws, uh, there's times when he's throwing an out route that he's got to get that ball outside. It's got to be more, more toward the sideline. He's leaving it too far in. But a big factor to the completion percentage is the fact that he's thrown to a ton of rookies, too. Uh, these guys are running routes in the NFL for the first time. It's not a big surprise that the consistency isn't there yet through three games. And it's got to get better, but I think it's going to be really, really telling where does it get better from here, late September to early December to early January. Give it a few months. If it still looks the same, there's an issue. I think it's just too soon to be alarmed by the fact that a first-time starting quarterback in an offense with rookies running routes in the NFL for the first time, is having consistency issues in terms of completion percentage. Now, Aaron Jones, he's the engine to this offense. Point blank, there is no running game right now without Aaron Jones. They've, they've got to get him back healthy as quickly as possible. A.J. Dillon, through three games, is averaging 2.7 yards per carry. That's stunning for a back his size. You think he can fall forward every play. Right. Get the ball, the line of scrimmage, 2.7 yards per carry. So they need Aaron Jones back in a big way. What has been the problem with A.J. Dillon? And I said the same thing. I said, I, and I'll give you my assessment. I think he looks slow. I think he runs upright. I think he gets hit and stymied and goes backwards. Maybe it's the fact that the, the offensive line has not necessarily been as stout. But he used to be, like you said, he used to be able to just fall forward for three yards. He's not even doing that anymore. So you tell me what you see, because I think it all starts with the handoff and actually getting ahead of uh, steam up going downhill. He's lost a step to me. 
I think that's all fair, and, and to me, it's it's lack of verse. But what I don't understand is we all saw late 2020 season against the Tennessee Titans, AJ Dillon's rookie year, where he goes for a buck 24, two rushing touchdowns, has a 30-yard run, and outrushes Derrick Henry on the same field. We've all seen it from from AJ Dillon. It's not like he's never done it before. We've seen that he has burst as a big back. We've seen that he can be a capable receiver out of the backfield. We've seen that he can make plays. So where did that guy go? Because he's not he's not there right now, and, and that that's what I can't figure out. I, I don't know where the burst went because the burst was there at one point. It's not there now, uh, and right now the reality is it's not one A one B in the Packers' backfield. Aaron Jones is the clear cut. He's the engine to this offense. And it's A.J. Dillon as the running back, too. In reality, he's got company on that line of the depth chart because when you're, I, I, no matter what Matt LaFleur says about being in hurry-up mode, the Packers had four cracks from the two-yard line against the Saints, needing a touchdown. Time was of, of, of the essence, but they, they were pri- prioritizing points. And not only does A.J. Dillon not get, on, get, get the ball one time in those four cracks from the two and in, he didn't see the field once. If A.J. Dillon's your best option in that situation, he's not staying on the sideline. So they've got to figure that out because this offense works better when A.J. Dillon is that 1B and when he's giving you some burst. I uh, Talk about the receivers for a minute. I know that there have been some drops, and that's also contributed to what's going on with, with Jordan Love. I mean, it's just young, growing pains for the most part. The one thing that I've noticed is at times – and they're going to learn this, but you got to fight for the ball. It's not just about having good hands. It's about fighting your opponent to get to the ball or bring the ball down in your arms rather than being knocked down, correct? Yeah. It, the physicality at this level from getting off the line of scrimmage against press man coverage to the hand fighting that in the, the tighter throwing windows, catching windows down the field, it's all different. So they're, they're kind of getting through that right now, and it's probably going to take time. Yeah, I asked Luke Musgrave after the game about the, the, the vertical route. It sure looked like Jordan Love missed a wide-open touchdown down, down the seam. And, and Luke Musgrave, it was overthrown a good yard over his head. Luke Musgrave told me he's got to straighten his route out more. He's got to run more vertical and not curve it as much as he did. I asked if it could have been a matter of both because I'm still a little dubious that that ball was where Luke Musgrave needed to be. And, he said, look, it's, it's on me. So let's not forget, too, that along with the physicality, these guys are running routes for the first time in the NFL. This, it's mm-hmm. more intricate. It's more detailed. And you can't get away with things at this level that you might have been able to get away with at the college level. It's going to take time to adjust to that. The uh, Real quick before I let you go, uh, talk about the tight ends because, man, they've become, uh, for, for rookies, they've become, I mean, specifically Musgrave, a focus of this offense. And I, which I'm excited about. We haven't seen consistent, good uh, tight end play in a long time. And maybe with the potential going back to even like a guy like Jermichael Finley for a while, from a while ago. So I, I'm excited about the tight ends and what they have. And how about the fact that it took the fans in attendance Sunday literally zero time to, to get on board the Luke Musgrave trap. This is a fan right? base that since John Kuhn has retired, it's, it's been kind of desperately waiting for a, another Kuhn-type chant. And his first catch, Luke Musgrave, it sounded like booze, but they're, they're chanting Luke right away. Right. Uh, and he, for a home opener, looked really good. This is a really tough position at tight end to transition from the, from the college game to the NFL. You're throwing the kitchen sink from the run game to the pass game. 
all di- all kinds of different areas and spots you line up on the field. He's making it look easier than it should right now. There's room for him to grow. Can he be a playmaker after the catch? You know, it's at times he'll, he'll make a reception and get his feet tangled like he did in, in Chicago. How that wasn't a touchdown, I don't think anyone still knows. But the guy can run. He's a huge target. They haven't had a tight end that can stretch the seam like him in a very, very long time. And it's probably only going to get better from here. Good stuff as always. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk again real soon, Ryan. Okay. All right. Take care. Thanks so much. There you go. Ryan Wood of the uh, Journal Sentinel PackersNews.com is where you can read his stuff and uh, follow him at by Ryan Wood, B-Y Ryan Wood uh, over on uh, over on Twitter as well. Really, really good stuff. Let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. Come back. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping? I'd have to say Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin plays at an MVP level in the replacement game. They came in ahead of time, measured all the windows, make sure they had all of the measurements. When the Pella people left, you had no idea they had been here. You just had the new window. They're great professionals, Gina, and some of the best in the world at what they do. Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. Pella's team of expert installers start with an in-home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess, leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. $6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers end at 9-30-2023. Jeff and Alicia over at Stoley's Hog Alley and Stoles 0109 reminding me to remind you they got a lot of events coming up. Keep checking out their Facebook page, but uh, they're obviously going to have the game on uh, tomorrow night. Uh, they got Brewers games tonight. And uh, get over there this weekend because when it comes to Stoley's Hog Alley, they've got the beautiful patio that opened, uh, the renovation that opened this year. So it's not going to be a whole lot longer that we're going to have that uh, availability. But stop on over and uh, you can see that. Eat outside, dine a little al fresco this weekend. And uh, enjoy yourself a great service, great burgers, pizza, and stuff. Uh, but a tremendous staff over there at Stoley's Hog Alley in Oconomowoc or Stoles Old 1 and 9 in Watertown. Both of them just tremendous, tremendous places. Thanks to them for being a part of the program. <clears throat> uh, Greg says, be nice to get some of the starters back on the field right now. Uh, Bakhtiari reminds me of a former pitcher, Teddy Hagera, huge contract, but not being able to play. I wish we would have traded him this past offseason to the Jets. I'm kind of waiting to see what pans out when it comes to David Bakhtiari. I'd rather have him miss a couple of games early and be available the remainder because you got to figure. Now, this is just my take, but I'm kind of thinking that these guys are going to be back this week, tomorrow night. You're probably going to get Jones. You're probably going to get Watson. Probably going to, and I don't know this for sure. I don't know any other, you know, crazy inside information, but they were all practicing or doing something last week. And Bakhtiari never received an injury, never sustained an injury. He just, you know, there was some swelling and they kept him out. There was some discomfort and they kept him out. 
my thought is is that you play this game, then you have 10 days to get yourself back and ready to go. You know what I mean? So I'm thinking that he'll be back for that uh, that game tomorrow night. That's just my assessment, but we'll wait and see. Uh, Mark says, uh, what do you think of the Jets getting uh, Trevor Simeon? Mark, I think it's pathetic. Just an FYI. I think it's pathetic. Not that Trevor, Trevor Simeon is bad, but they could have made that move already. They, that, that was a move you could have made like the day Rodgers went down. You could have traded for him. That's like who cares. Other than that, doesn't matter. Um, oh, my God. Colin Kaepernick said, the worst-case scenario, you, you see what I have to offer and you're not impressed. Best-case scenario, you realize you have a real weapon at your disposal in the event that you ever needed to use it. Colin Kaepernick sent to the Jets general manager, Joe Douglas. Colin Kaepernick can go away. And I, why he's even relevant at this point, I have no idea. None. He had opportunities to try out, chose not to. He has done, at times, other things, football, that are non-football related when he's had opportunities. And just, I, look, I don't, I don't get into the whole pol- political side of it. I just know that they, they've given him opportunities and have passed him by. So, move on. Mark Schofield, SB Nation, coming up next hour here in a couple of minutes. And also, power rankings in the NFL coming up as well. Good stuff there. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show right around the corner. Hang in there. Two hours down, two hours to go. We'll be back right after this.